turn over there if you got your Bible with you. Uh, God's power in us. I don't remember what part this is, three or four. Um, we, I think I taught, all, all the messages kind of run together for me sometimes. I um, don't teach the same thing all week, but they kind of overlap at times. And so um, this is, a, this is a, a passage, though, of Scripture that stood out to me. And several weeks ago, I began to, to teach on this. You know, something was interesting to me. I was, I was reading a book by a, a, a man who's well-known. He has a, a, a large ministry, large churches, and, and uh, I like most of what he says. But one of the things that he said when, in this book, he said he, uh, he said, he talked about the people who pursue the power of God, uh, it, it becomes a show. Or, I mean, he was really downplaying it like God didn't have power anymore. I'm like, you're a national, you got a national ministry. You're, you're influencing lots and lots of people. Now, I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to, to uh, curb the, the pursuit of power or the pursuit of outward gifts and manifestations because he could see that there could be a detriment to it. But you know what? Here's the thing I've learned is I want everything that God has for me. I don't want anything that's not of God. But I certainly want all that God has for me, and I know that I need His help. As gifted as I could be, or as trained and educated, or as prepared, there is nothing that, that can, can uh, help as much as realizing that God is at work in and through us. And so, um, I, I've been teaching on this, and it was funny because I read that, read that statement, you know, is these preachers that preach about the power, and he was kind of knocking that, and I'm thinking, I'm just in like part three of a series on the power of, of the Holy Spirit and, and, or of God in our lives. And, and uh, so I had to, you know, kind of, kind of you know, reevaluate myself, but I knew I wasn't wrong. You know me that when I talk about anything that empowers us, I'm also always talking about your heart and how to, to be submitted to God and be obedient to Him and to guard against those things. One of the things I've learned, if I stay yielded to God, it's hard for me to get off track because God's at work in our lives. Now, uh, the, the wonderful thing about God's Word is, is you know, when we, when we bring people into uh, a, a service, what we try to do is try to connect you to God. We try to get, build an atmosphere in here of, of love and acceptance, but also that the Holy Spirit shows up so that His power will convict us of sin, His Word will correct us in our lives, and, and as a result of those things working in and through us, we become, we become what, able to walk out the plan of God in our lives. You know, we're going to look at it as, as an example, some of the men and, and people, but primarily the men that, that God used to start the early church. The beginning point that after Jesus left, he handed his ministry off to a bunch of, a bunch of men, simple some of them educated, some of them not. Some of them very gifted, some of them not. But it's amazing what God did. You and that phone, I'm going to take that thing away from you. Birthday girl. That's funny. She, she, uh, she's always checking, checking to see who's watching because she knows there's all these people that are watching, and that's true. Just... That's right. you got to keep track of all your people, don't you? See, uh, Notice what it says here in verse 17, Jeremiah 32, 17. He says, O sovereign Lord, 
You made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and your powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Now, we've said this the last several weeks, but I hope this verse just resonates in you, that whenever you see any situation in life, the, the things that people say can't be done, the things that, that you see in your life that maybe you've struggled with. I remember di many different things that, that I knew I was incapable of. And yet when I came to God, I had to come to God with this image of Him and this idea of Him as greater than anything that I face. He's big enough to transform even your life. He's big enough to change that loved one, that person in, in your life. E. Stanley Jones, I've read this every week. I'm going to read it again. I love this statement. He said, he, uh, anything less than God will let you down. You know, a lot of times we're searching for something to fulfill us. I remember as a, as, a young, as a young man, I thought if I just got uh, X number of cows, you know, if I had a big enough ranch, I could run, you know, 400 cows, or if I could have land, or if I could have a house, or if I could have, you know, that truck, or that gun, or that deal, or this, that, if I could shoot that buck, if I, you know, whatever it be, that I would, that would make me something. There'd be some way to, to be fulfilled, something to, to, to provide for me, a satisfaction, and I realized that all those things can be good, but they're never going to satisfy and fill that void like a relationship with Jesus Christ. Anything less than God in our lives is going to let us down. He went on to explain anything less than God is not rooted in eternal reality. It's a built-in failure. For every possible predicament of man, there is a corresponding grace of God. I love that. For everything, every possible predicament of man, there's a grace for, of, of God. He, he offers us a solution, a, a way through and out to overcome. That's why I want the, to know what the power of God is and can be for my life, because I want it to help me to overcome whatever might be the predicament of, of, of life. You know, there's been so many times whenever... Uh, we were, Sue and I were put in a position to have to, to just trust God. Didn't know how we were going to make it. Didn't know what, what was to come. Didn't, we were willing to step out of the boat or we were willing to just leave, our, leave our, uh, the place to where we were and then just follow Him. And God never let us down. It's, it's an incredible thing. He never let us down. He goes on, the finish of this is, in other words, for every particular human need, there is a particular supernatural resource. For every definite problem, there's a definite answer. For every hurt, there's a cure. For every weakness, there's a strength. And for every confusion, there's guidance. You know, what I have to do is, is learn how to tap in to His resources. That's why with every time that I talk about the power of God being at work in us, I also talk about and spend time in our responsibility to show up and yield our heart. Our willingness to say, okay, God, I'm yours. And, and you know, when we understand or look, when we can see God the way Jeremiah did, oh, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth with your strong and powerful arm, your strong hand and your powerful arm. In other words, you created all this, and yet you're willing to have a relationship with me. That's an amazing thing. He said, nothing is too hard for you. And when we erase the impossibilities because we come into God's presence and, and then we begin to say, okay, God, I just, I, I remember, God, I can't do this. And, you know, God just smiles and said, okay, good. You realize that. 
When we realize we're not enough, we're not strong enough, and we fall on His grace, that's what the grace that shows up is our, our inability just puts us in a position to tap into a nothing is too hard for you, God, and He can do it. And I talked about these over the last several weeks, and I, and I talked about knowing the Word of God as being the first way that the power of God works and, and operates in our lives is to know the Word of God. I had an opportunity this last week, and I've always told you, if you ever want to get a Bible that's simple to understand and one that'll help you, I'll help you pick one out. If you can't afford one, I'll buy it. They're 60 or 65, 70, 80 bucks. They're not cheap. But I know most of you have probably got, you know, some, some good wrenches in your toolbox, or you've got a, a good gun in the gun cabinet, or you've got a, some good expensive utensils in the you know, in the kitchen, if your thing is good, whatever you need, you've got that computer, that thing, you know, you, you've got some, some valuable things. And this is no different. Don't get some cheap gift Bible, you know, or one of those things that, you, 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 anyway, I'm going to get off that soapbox. But I had an opportunity this week to meet a guy at the Christian bookstore. He said, I want to get a Bible that, that I can understand. And I didn't have to buy his Bible. He could afford it. But it was pretty cool. To, I pointed him to, to the direction of getting something because he wanted to grab hold of the Word of God. Because here's the thing, with all the resources that we have now, you can't really take use the excuses, I, I just can't understand it. Because even if you don't read well, it will read it, there is apps that will read it for you. You know, one of, the, one of the things that helped me and Sue as much as anything is back when the, the, I loved it, when I hated it when cassettes, they quit making the auto-reverse cassette recorders or cassette players. I love the auto, re auto reverse, and some of you are like, what? But it was a cassette player that would just automatically flip over. You didn't have to stop and turn the tape over. And all oh, it was wonderful because you could put it on play, and it would continuous play, would play all night long. And we used to take, we used to take the sermons from the, from the week, and we would put them in and, and listen to them while we went to sleep. I'd put them in my pickup. And I'd listen to him while I was feeding cattle or driving a tractor. I just listened to the Word all the time, and I kept it feeding. And now, with the phones and all the things, it's so easy to do. I would have loved if that... I mean, you don't even have to mess with a cord from your phone to your earplugs anymore. I had bailing wire that I... bailing wired my boombox to the back window of the tractor cab, the swather cab, for sure. And then to get to bouncing, to hit a bump, and that thing come up and slap me in the back of the head. And I thought, well, that's just God getting my attention. Hear this, boy. <laughs> you know, it was, it, was, it was a struggle, but I wanted the Word. And see, here's the thing. You may struggle with that, having that hunger. But you know what? God says if you ask, you'll receive. I said, God, I want to be, I want to want to. Even if I didn't want to, I wanted to want to. So, God, I give you my heart. Begin to create in me a hunger and a desire to know more of you. Because listen, we don't lose when we get closer to God. We gain. The only things that, that, that we lose are the things that need to burn up because they are, they are not of God and they're not from God. I just finally threw everything on the, on the altar, so to speak, up there to God, and I said, okay, God, I want the, 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 I want the impurities to be burned up. I, I want to be a vessel for honor. I want to be what you... Now, I, I realize I'm probably extreme for some of you like... Well, I ain't going into the ministry, so I don't think I got to get that. But, hey, listen, I want you to have everything that God has for you. 
Because he'll make you a better boss. He'll make you a better owner. He'll make you a better employee. He'll make you a better husband or wife. He'll make you better as a single person. He'll help you to be the dad you want to be or the mom you need to be or the grandparent. Because I don't know about you, but that grandparent thing is pretty awesome. But I don't want to mess it up. I was thankful I had some good, we had good grandparents. They, they helped us reinforce what we were needing. They, we, they didn't undo everything we were trying to teach those kids. That's a side note for some of you grandparents that want to just spoil them. I understand we all want to spoil them, but don't undo what the, what the young parents are trying to have established in them. Okay, that's my own side note. And, the, and, the, and the, you know, it's good to have help, but anyway. I'm moving right along, yeah. <clears throat> I'm, uh, yeah, let's keep moving. Prayer. That's the second way that the power of God's released in our life. We talked about it in, 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 in length, but I love connecting and communicating with God through prayer. But I want to get to this third part today in, our, in, the, in the moments that I have left. The third way that the power is released, we talked about this a little bit, but I want to go into a couple of verses. Let's go to John chapter 16, verses 4 through 16, and, and let's look at this. Because I want us to, to see and know and understand how God can work through us and does work through us in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus said He was going to leave for them. You know, the Holy Spirit makes us able to walk more clearly. I started to say this, you know, getting a good Bible that's easy to read and has helps, and, and these study Bibles are, are really important, but you still need, you still, your greatest resource for understanding the Scripture and the Word of God is the Holy Spirit. He'll convict us of things that need to be corrected in our life. Could be sin, could be an attitude. It could, you know, like like I hope I and I think that the the Holy Spirit is getting a hold of Jason and saying that is not the right attitude somewhere. <laughs> I was like, y'all saw my head. Some of you are probably looking at me like I can't believe he said that in pastor's presence. He preaches about attitude all the time. You know, it's funny because I, I love that because w w don't we all have those little habits, those little things that we, we might do? The Holy Spirit may be correcting us. He'll come to us and correct us in our words. Do you know He'll give you the right way to respond to any given situation? He'll show you how to help, how to, how to uh, handle maybe a, a relationship at school, or maybe a friendship, or maybe some, somebody I remember one time sitting... Uh, my grandma's, uh, the, 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 her chair, sitting on the arm of her chair, so I'd have been a, a little, pretty young kid. But I remember I was having trouble with a kid at school, and, and my grandma gave me great wisdom. She said, let's pray for him. I said, I, said, I want to pray for him. I, I, want, I want my dad to go to school and jerk the slack out of him. You know, I wanted something. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to, you know, I, that, that wasn't what I wanted. But that was wisdom, and we began to pray, and, and God dealt with that situation but we sometimes, he'll, he'll guide and direct us. We sometimes don't know what to do, but He does, and, and He guides and directs us. The Holy Spirit will show us the, the things that we need to be able to do. You know, the Holy Spirit is, is referred to nearly 300 times in the New Testament, and most of the time it's associated with, with power. It's, it's not with a power that we would use off, uh, uh, in a wrong way, but in a, in a good way. You know, I think about that as we look at, let's, let's read uh, John chapter 16, verse 4. Got to find it here. I'm in the wrong page. Um, it says, 
Yeah, I'm telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you earlier because I was, I was uh, going to be with you for a while longer. But now I'm going away, and the one who sent me, meaning the Father, and, not, and uh, not one of you is asking, where am I going? Instead, you're grieving because of what I've told you. But in fact, it's best for you. Now notice, it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come or the helper won't come. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, if I don't go away, then I will, or if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and, God, God's, and of God's righteousness. Now notice he said convict, not condemn. That's something that's important. The Holy Spirit will be there to lead, guide, and direct. Now his conviction sometimes can be strong, but he's not there to bring a, a criticalness, but he's there to reveal it to us. We ought, to, we ought to notice that. Then the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. The righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you'll see me no more. Judgment will come because of the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more that I, can't tell, that I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. And He will not speak of His own, but He will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. So he, he tells them or he prepares them for the receiving of the Holy Spirit. But notice it, it calls him the helper or the advocate. It's many different names for the Holy Spirit there in verse 7. But down in verse 13, he says, when the Spirit of truth comes, he calls him the Spirit of truth, he'll guide you in all truth. See, if we don't know how to understand the Word or we don't know what to pray for, we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us. He'll begin to guide and direct us. Now, uh, He'll show us the areas that we're missing it. I want, you to, I want you to think for a minute about the men and the people that, that started the early church. If you got, uh, just hold your, you can hold your place there because we're going to come back to, close to that. But you can go over to book, the book of Acts in chapter 1, and I want you to see a couple of things. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because we've read this a couple of weeks ago. But I think it bears repeating because it, there is such a contrast in the time of the book of Acts and the early church from the time when Jesus was walking with these men to after Jesus was uh, ascended and the Holy Spirit came. There was a change in these people. That's what the work of, of salvation and the Holy Spirit at work on the inside of us does is it begins to change us. If there's not a change and we're still acting like we've always acted and there's not a true change, then we got a question, is there, is there true salvation? Has salvation truly came in our lives? Because there ought to be a, a, a change and a transformation. Now, I didn't say perfection. We're, we're going to still fall short. But there's a change in what falling short means. There's a, there's a remorse over sin. There's a desire to be better, to, to, uh, to walk closer to God. There's a hunger there to read the Word as we get closer to God. He says here in, in uh, Acts chapter 1, verse uh, 4, he says, uh, once, you, once he was eating with them and he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and then, uh, and they're not for, for you to know now, because they were worried about when's the kingdom 
be set in place. Verse 8, though. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Now, the Holy Spirit was given to them to transform them, but also to empower them to be a witness and to walk out what God's will and desire and plan was for for their lives. And, And you know, more so than talking about everybody proclaiming or sharing the gospel right now, I want you to think about just, and, and man, I may do a teaching through the book of Acts. It, it's, it's really awesome to see how God changed their lives and what took place as they realized what God had placed on the inside of them and how to operate within the power that God had made available to them. I, I, wrote, I wrote down a statement here. Um, they were given an assignment, and the power to get it done. That's what Jesus was saying. I've given you this great commission, and that commission extends to us, but so does the power to get it done. That wasn't just for those apostles and those in the early church to go through that persecution. It's also for us to continue to receive the help that we need to understand the Word, to be able to pray, to lead others to Christ, to live a better life, to be transformed and changed. Until until Pentecost, which Pentecost just means 50, and it represents a feast that was 50 days after the Passover. There were three times that all the Jewish men were required to come to Jerusalem and once in the fall, and Passover and Pentecost. And so they were there for that purpose. They were, before that though, before the day of Pentecost, they were a ragtag bunch who would have never been able to achieve the the Great Commission. Kind of like some of us. Before we gave our lives to Jesus Christ, we were probably, some of you worse than others, all right. So, I mean, in in terms of maybe you know the way way we live, some some needed Jesus probably more than I mean you know I'm joking a little bit with that, but we all have have had that men and women alike. But the transformation came. It says of the original. I wrote this down. Of the original twelve, Judah betrayed him and was gone. James and John had questionable political motives. I mean, I think they were all about the agenda of. Of, of overthrowing Rome. Thomas was the original Missourian who doubted everything. Show me, you know, you get that. Okay. His descendants are still living. Okay, all right. Then there's Peter, bless his heart. He may have had a great revelation one minute and turned around and was influenced by Satan the next. Remember in Matthew chapter 16, he got the revelation that, yes, you're the Christ. Jesus said, on this, on this revelation, the, the church is going to be built. On what God's doing in you, Peter, on, on, on that name. And then just a few verses later, he starts telling Jesus what he needs to do. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Oh, Peter's life and example didn't stop there. He turned around, influenced by Satan the next. He was, so, he was sold out and ready to, to take his sword and fight in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then he couldn't be found or denied him three times and ran away right after. You know, Jesus spent three years demonstrating training and training them for the ministry. But they couldn't do it in their own ability. You know, here's the thing. We need to rely on God to help us as well. 
And regardless of how long you've been living for God, you could be just beginning a, a relationship, maybe just now getting serious about things, or maybe you've been living for God for a long time, but I just challenge you, rely on, allow Him to strengthen you. They needed the power of God to do it. You see, this power of the Holy Spirit made cowards into courageous, made the weak into the strong, made the, made the, the ignorant into the intelligent. I always tell people, I, or I always say, I, I prayed to God, God, give me, give me wisdom beyond my years and experience. Give me, give me the capacity to do more than I could ever done on my own. Look, let's turn real quickly, and we'll close with this over to John chapter 14. Verse 1 says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. You trust in God. Trust also in me. We've got to choose to follow God in these times. And that's our responsibility. You know, it's not our responsibility to do it all. It's our responsibility, though, to, to just ask God to help us. Verse 12 says this, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I go to the Father in heaven. You, you can ask for anything in my name and I'll do it, and that's anything according to his will. But he says, verse, verse 14, yes, ask me anything in my name and I'll do it. In other words, he says, you got my full backing. Follow me and I'll empower you. Verse 15, I love this. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I'll ask the Father, and He'll give, it, give you another advocate or another helper, another comforter. I'm, I'm using all those words that, that this word paraclete in the Greek means. He's an encourager. He's a counselor. He's a comforter. He's an advocate. Now the rest of, of, of verse 16, He says, He'll never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth, the world can't receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him. But you know Him because He lives with you. Notice He's before the day of Pentecost and He says He will be in you. That word, that word another in the Greek is alos and it means another besides me but one just like me. You know, you might have asked the question or, or had the thought, man, if I could just have... Have Jesus walk with me. Man, if I could just... And I'm sure those guys, they were like, man, we just need Jesus here physically. Jesus was preparing them. He says, I'm not going to be able to be here physically. But here, think about this. Jesus was there in one place when He was at the Sea of Galilee or if His ministry, wherever His ministry was, if He was in Capernaum, if He went to Bethlehem, wherever He was, that's where He was. But when He left... He dispersed abroad the, the, the Holy Spirit now, and He, one just like Him, can be anywhere and everywhere. When Philip left and, and, and went ahead of the Apostle Paul and, and prepared the way because of the persecution, they began to scatter. They didn't go alone. They now had the help of the Holy Spirit just like we do. See, here's the thing. My challenge to you today is this, is, is first of all, are you born again? Have you made Jesus Lord? And if you have, are you tapping into the resource of the power of the Holy Spirit? Are you relying on that work in you to show you the Word, which gives you correction, gives you instruction, gives us faith to believe? And, and are, your, are your prayers full of power because they're led by the Holy Spirit? You know... 
when we don't know what to say, when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit can give us the words. When we're not sure we can believe for it, the Word of God will come along and, and give us that faith, that confidence. You know, I just challenge you to, to begin to, to just uh, recognize the helper, the Holy Spirit at work in and through us, affecting our thoughts and mind, helping us correct our words and, and the things that we say, guiding and directing us into all truth. Let's stand. He's called the Spirit of Truth. You know, sometimes we, we can get in our head and, or the devil gets in our head or our thoughts get to control in us. The Word of God can give us the ability to, and the power of the work of the Holy Spirit can give us the ability to shut off that reel that's going in your mind that says, I can't, or I've done too much, or I'm whatever, or, or, or God, this, this couldn't happen. The power of God's available to us. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and we praise you for the, the power and the work of the Holy Spirit that that's, is at work in us as believers. Lord, we can receive that, that power just by simply asking, God, give me all you got. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can, I can fulfill the plan, the purpose that you have for my life. I thank you, God, that this church is full of giftings and talents, gifted people and talents. But I thank you, Lord God, that for every area that we're short of being all that we need to be in any given moment, that God, you make up the difference if we're just willing to surrender to you. God, when we don't know what to do, you guide and direct us. When we're at our emotional end or, or, or physical end, the God, I thank you that you're our strength and our, our guide and our confidence. So, Lord, I just ask you to help that to be made known to each one. And, Father, if there's anybody who's not made Jesus Lord, that he simply be willing and ready to, to call on us and say, I'm ready to make that, take that step, make that decision to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and my life and be my Lord and Savior. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.